I've been lurking on the sub for a while now, and was realizing that I had a couple of stories that would fit pretty well on here. This is my first time posting, I'm sorry for any awkward or annoying formatting. I'm doing this on my phone. This event happened 20 years ago when I was 9 years old, so some of it may not make a ton of sense. I'm just telling what I remember and what thoughts I remember having at the time. When I was nine, my family took a trip to the ski resort in West Virginia. My dad really wanted to get his money's worth. So he had my whole family out on the slopes about 20 minutes before the lifts were even running. It was something like 15 degrees and around lunchtime. My mom and I were getting too cold to have fun. We decided to go get hot chocolates at the food hall while my dad and my brother stayed out for a few more advanced runs and all agreed to meet for lunch after about an hour. My mom and I got our hot chocolate and we were warming up the food hall when I got a second wind. The kitty slope was right outside the building, so I asked my mom if I could go to a few runs while she waited for my dad and brother to come back. My mom was usually extremely cautious about letting my brother and I do things on our own, but from where she was sitting she had a view of the slope, through the window and probably for that reason said okay. At first, everything was fine. I was thrilled to be on my own and felt invincible blasting down an easy slope after all the trickier ones I'd been on with my parents. I went down a couple times and was feeling pretty good when I started to notice myself passing a specific man over and over. This man was very distinctive looking in the crowd of skiing families wearing 90s style stone gear. He was tall, wearing what looked like a black trench coat, not a ski jacket had a long, dark beard, dark rimmed glasses, and a black hat with a rim, like a short top hat. I don't know the name of this exact style, but it was like a less formal top hat, kind of. As a nine-year-old kid, his appearance scared me a little, and reminded me of a cartoon depiction of a bad guy, or a robber. I started feeling like I was seeing him everywhere. It wasn't a huge slope, but it still seemed like we passed each other, more often than I was passing other skiers. I also started getting the sense that he was trying to get on the lift with me, like waiting to get in line until after I did, even though we never ended up on the same lift together. I couldn't tell if I was being paranoid or if he really was showing up way too often, so I decided to test him. The next time I got off the lift, I went back down the slope like normal, knowing he had been a few chairs behind me and would probably come right down the slope as well. When I was about halfway down the hill, I stopped suddenly and the man passed me. That's when it started getting weird. After passing me, the man went a little way further down the hill and gently fell down in a controlled way. He sat on the ground and watched me pass him, then immediately got back up and skied the rest of the way down the hill, getting in line for the lift. Several people behind me I don't know what he said, but he spoke to each of the people that were in line between him and me and managed to get right behind me as I was about to get on the lift. Right as the chair came around, he got up beside me and tried to get on the lift with me. At the last second, I played dumb and said, Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. And stepped back to let him on. He seemed surprised by what I said, but got on alone and I got on the next lift with a mom and her daughter instead. They were really nice, and I had a good talk with them on the way up the hill. 
for some reason I was too stupid and shaken up to tell them about the man. I was hoping it looked like they were my family, or at least like someone else on the slope wasn't paying attention to me. At this point, I felt pretty sure that this creepy man had singled me out, and years of my parents' stranger danger training told me that it was probably time for me to find my mom. I resolved to ski back to the food hall as soon as I got to the top of the slope. Instead, I got off the lift, said goodbye to the mom and the daughter, and was immediately approached by the man, who clearly waited for me at the top. He came right over to me and said, Are you all alone, little girl? It's funny to think back now, but at the time, I remember being kind of insulted at this question, because it sounded so much like the cheesy lines my parents would come up with when they taught my brother and I about stranger danger. I couldn't believe this guy couldn't think of a less obvious question to ask, or that he'd actually refer to me as little girl. Instead of pretending to know me or something less conspicuous, I think his audacity in that kind regard kept me from being as afraid as I otherwise might have been. It made it seem like a game or a simulation, which probably helped me act more natural. I answered him very matter-of-fact, saying that I wasn't alone, and pointed to a nearby man and his teenage son, saying that was my dad and my brother. Then I walked away very casually as if I wasn't all weirded out by his question, and skied down the hill to the food hall where I quickly found my mom. I told her about the guy and the weirdness, and while I was still telling her, I saw him come inside and start walking around with his head high, clearly scanning the crowd like he was looking for someone. My mom was really freaked out and didn't let me leave again, even to get food. My dad and brother arrived soon after that, and my mom told my dad the story. He brushed it off as someone probably being awkward but trying to look out for me. But my mom wasn't convinced, and I'm not either. I think about this guy every now and then and wonder what was really going on with him. Why was he dressed so unusual and unseasonably while skiing? Why was he only skiing on the kiddie slope when he didn't seem to be with a family? Why did he notice me at all? Anyway to the snidely whiplash-looking guy on the snowshoe ski slope. Let's not meet again. I'm sorry if there's any mistakes. I'm on mobile. Some context, me and my ex were together for two months. And within that time, he stole money from me and blamed it on me when I asked him about it. We broke up after and I went for advice on Reddit. I go to a college for most of the day. I go to work, go home, and do homework. And repeat. The story. I was at my job doing my job. And I get an alert on my phone. I figure that I would watch the cameras after I get home. And so, over the last two hours, I got three more alerts. And as I was taking the bus back home, I watched the cameras. And I watched my ex take a hammer to my back door. I kept on watching as he struggled against the deadbolt, and then I saw him enter. I called the police faster than I thought I could and told them that there was a break-in at my address. I continued to watch the video after that. Fifteen minutes after he entered, he left with a duffel bag. I arrived back to my house to see that the police had beat me. I identified myself as the homeowner and went inside to check for damage. 
the place was trashed, along with my duffel bag, and some jewelry was missing. I gave the police the evidence that it was my ex, and I gave them the place that he was crashing at. I then called to put in a restraining order against him, along with to replace the deadbolt. Not long after they caught him at a pawn shop, he was trying to get back at me for dumping him. I'm now happy that the restraining order is in place, along with my ex in jail for a year for breaking and entering. Ex, let's not meet. Okay, here goes. In early 2014, I was 18 years old and started browsing the world of Craigslist. I responded to an ad in a personal section and started texting this woman. Now being 18, unfamiliar with how Craigslist works, I didn't see an issue with meeting her up at the Red Roof. I also didn't see anything wrong with her asking for donations. Again, 18 and stupid. I figured donation meant optional. Again, stupid I know, but just to be clear, she'd never give me a prize nor did I tell her I had money for her. So I set up a time to meet her, I left my house and head to my GED class as usual, but walked to the red roof instead. It was pouring rain and it was warm out, so by the time I got there, I was all drenched and sweaty. I knocked on the room door and she was in and she answered. Her tire should have alerted me. But let's say it again, I'm 18 and stupid. She invited me in and I asked to use the shower quick. So I get undressed in the bathroom and hop in the shower. She started taking off her top and I told her, That's okay, I won't be long. So she goes and waits in the bed watching Steve Wilcox. I get another shower and wrap a towel around my waist. I came out of the bathroom, Randy as a dog. Look at her and asked if she was ready. She sprawled out on the bed and says, Donations are due up front. At this point, all the red flags that should have gone off did, as I realized the situation I was in. My face dropped as I faced the TV. I nervously told her I didn't have any money. She got up and started screaming at me and threw my clothes and bag at me. I got dressed and actually apologized for wasting her time. So I leave the room and start heading back to my GED classes. Before I was out of the parking lot, a guy in a green punch bug calls me over to him. I tried to ignore him and walk past until he shouted to get my attention. So I walk up to the driver's side of the guy's car and he started talking to me. Now this guy looks sketchy and I figured he was the woman's pimp. So he's talking to me with his left arm up on the door and his right arm down on his side, holding a fucking pistol. At this point I'm almost certain I'm going to get shot. He says to me, so why would you come here knowing you don't have any money? I explain as calmly as I could that I wasn't aware of the situation. This guy pulls his fucking arm up a little to show me his gun and say, I have messages between you and her saying you had money for her. Not like I said earlier. I never told this woman I had any money, so this guy decides to lower his gun and says to me, You're lucky you came to one of my girls. Other girls would have stabbed you with a broken crack pipe. I see you're pretty young, so I'll let you off with a warning this time. He then mentioned to me to be on my way. But, you bet your ass I kept looking back to make sure I wasn't about to be shot from behind. Obviously, I never met up with anybody from Craigslist again.
So, I just moved to New York back in July from Mississippi. I hadn't had any problems until January. So I go to high school that's maybe 10 minutes driving away from my house. And I take the bus every day to and from school. Usually my mom will pick me up from the bus stop and take me home. And I usually only have to wait like a minute or two. This day I was waiting for like 10 minutes and I call her a couple of times and she didn't answer. So I assumed that she fell asleep. Like she does sometimes so I decided to walk home. I usually go in this straight line for three streets and then make a right and walk straight down from there. On this day, I was wearing a tank top with a jacket on, Batman pajama pants, and an old school style Vans. The perfect outfit for walking in the snow, right? Anyway, as I'm walking straight down, I see a man who is in front of me and walking the same way as me, so I take the right turn early, as I can just walk that way, but... It just involves a couple more turns, because I like to be cautious when dealing with other people on the street, especially if I'm alone. So as I'm walking down and start to make the right turn, I see the man is now walking the opposite way. He was before and is now walking towards me, which sets off some red flags in my head. Immediately, this guy is probably 5'11 to 6 feet tall, wearing a black beanie, tan jacket, and blue jeans, and I'm a very small girl. Five foot two, so I knew that if he wanted me, he definitely had a high chance of getting exactly what he wanted. So I naturally start walking faster than I already was and turn as he's probably ten yards away from me. And I'm walking really fast straight down. I'm walking for about five minutes, turning around to check and see if he had made the turn after me, and didn't see him until the last time I turned around. He made the turn and was walking straight for me. So I start speed walking while I'm also on the verge of a panic attack, and all adrenaline has kicked in, and then so does he. I stayed on the same street for a couple minutes, so I don't tip him off that I let him know that I can see he's following me. After that couple minutes, I see my house and just book it to my house and turn around to see him running after me. I finally make it to my house and just start crying as soon as I get inside the door. Weird guy who likes to follow 16-year-old girls. Let's not meet again. So, first for some clarification. She wasn't across the street. The back of her house faced the back of mine with gardens in between. I said across the street because it was simpler. Oh, and I'm on mobile doing this. On to the story. This happened a few years ago, and some details are off. So this story starts when you get that strange sixth sense feeling that someone is watching you. I was playing video games, and I got that feeling. At about 11pm. So I look out my window, there was a woman cooking. Some kids doing the dishes, and another lady looking out her window. I didn't think she was looking at me, so I brushed her off, and went back to playing my video games. The next day, the same thing. Only this time, the woman had moved a house over. I could see about ten houses total. Six, I could see clearly into at least one window. Important later. And again, she was looking out her window this time. I was certain she was looking right at me. I pretend not to notice as to not arouse suspicion. The next day, I look down the road and see three houses up for rent. Two of which I had seen the woman in. 
It was Friday, so I stayed up especially late. On weekdays, I stay up till midnight. Weekends, 2 to 3 a.m. For that entire time, from 11 to 3, I took glances to check if she was still watching me. Which she was. I didn't get a wink of sleep that night. Repeat Saturday, only I pretend to go to sleep for an hour early. I waited 15 minutes and she was gone when I got up to check. I couldn't get to sleep again. So I checked again. She was there with two other people and they had their backs to me. I watched for a while until one got up. I got spooked so I retreated back to my bed. The next day I took a roundabout way to get to my house. Passing in front of the houses you could just smell it. The lady was using the houses as a drug den and waiting for me to go to sleep so she can do her business. After figuring this out, I made a point to avoid staying visibly awake past 10. A few weeks later, I saw a couple of cop cars outside the house. I later saw in the news that this was a part of a larger drug bust across the area, and she was some minor drug dealer, a part of some ring or other. Crazy crackhead lady across the street. Let's never meet. I first met James when I was at a house manager for a transitional house that dealt with the local homeless population. 19 days into my administration, he attempted to commit suicide in his room. His roommate found him and EMTs were called. He lived and I thought I would never see him again. I couldn't have been more wrong. A month ago he contacted me out of the blue. He was being evicted from his room at a house he was staying at after allegedly choking out the 70-year-old landlord. He asked if he could stay at my apartment for a week or two. Out of being nice, I told him he could. I laid on the ground rules, basically saying, if I leave, you have to come with me. I don't trust him that much. He doesn't scare me, but he did make me a little uneasy. I go to do a peer support group during the week and ask for advice on how to deal with him. They basically told me what any other person would. If he acts up, call the cops and get him out of there. I kept this in mind and prepared myself. In my past encounters with him, he was quiet. James basically held me hostage this past week. I don't know what I did. I'm on the spectrum and have ticks, but it sets him off. You do that again and I'll knock your teeth out of your skull. The fire in his eyes was apparent. Then he dropped the bombshell. Ackman, 1988. I haven't taken my antipsychotics for a week. Maybe I should take them. He then went on about how he likes to play doctor with people. He thinks he can fix anyone and that all agencies dealing with MH are subversive. He also told me that he can outsmart any psychologist or therapist. He would also stay up all night watching Newsy and talking insistently about how everything is going to self-destruct. All this past week, I had hoped someone would see through his bullshit and start monitoring him. He's down the road at a motel now. I'm watching his stuff. The stuff he couldn't take with him is on the bus. This situation made my anxiety disorder much, much worse, and I feel I need to share it somewhere, even though it's a bit absurd. 
In late January this year, I, 15 and female, was committed to an adolescent mental hospital for a suicide attempt. Something that was stupid on my part, but not crucial to the story. Just background information as to why I was there. This was the first time I was ever sent to a facility like this, and having a severe anxiety disorder, I was scared out of my mind. Cue the first run-in with Arthur. I'm replacing everyone's real names, of course. I won't speak too much on his physical appearance, but he, 17 Mel, looked like the classic school shooter, as kid. Heavy boots, all black clothing, long hair, etc. No judgment, I was fairly edgy when I was younger. On my first day there, I noticed right away he would be staring at me, all the time. The first thing he said to me was, I like your boots. I was wearing Doc Martens, which was pretty normal. I appreciated the compliment, so I opted to start talking to him. A big mistake on my part. We started off simply by talking about books and music, of which we had similar taste in. But then Arthur started sitting next to me at every group meeting, every meal, every everything. Following me would be a better phrase. His words started getting more concerning as time went on. I saw a number of red flags, but it's not like I could do anything. We were being held in a hospital. I couldn't just leave. I have exact quotes from him because I kept the journal at the time from the hospital. Here are some. You seem like you have no corruption. You're an outlier. Everyone here is a degenerate. You know that there are sociopaths here, right? Hinting at himself. But this is just the beginning. Things didn't really heat up until he started giving me poems. Poems with eerie biblical slash religious references that he would slide under the door of my room. I don't have any of the original poems. The hospital had confiscated them. So I'm going to try and summarize based on my journal entries. There was, of course, the poem where he said I was the Virgin Mary, which, though I find incredibly funny now, was scary at the time. In the poem, he would romanticize me in an angelic way and contrasted himself as a demon, if I remember correctly. The last poem he gave me was concerning. He seemed to be counting down the days until something... He referred to some Catholic day of reckoning. That, for the life of me, I can't remember. I'm not a member of that religion. But it was clear that this day of reckoning involved me. I finally reported this to one of the staff members, and they've moved me into a different unit. I later found out after my discharge that Arthur was schizophrenic. I'm glad I said something when I did, because that probably would have ended badly for me. Okay, um, sorry if this is shitty, I'm on mobile and also just woke up and remember this, so here it is. Keep in mind I was 13 when this happened, so I looked much younger, like 11. So a couple months ago, I was at a family doctor's with my mom, because she wasn't feeling too good, and wanted to go get checked out. I went to see her straight after I was done with school, but my mom wanted me to go back to her house and unlocked the door for my younger brother, who went to a different school than I did. So I left and was waiting for the elevator door 
when a kind of sketchy looking old man, he was kind of looking at me, but trying to be nonchalant about it. Lucky us, the elevator was broken, so we both had to take the stairs. We were on the very first floor and had to go around seven down to the main exit. This was one of those stairwells that had a million flights and had super heavy, thick closed doors. I went into the stairwell first, and then him. And the second the door closed behind him, he started running down the stairs at me. I ran too, and I grabbed my keys in my hand and put them between my fingers in case I needed to use it as a weapon. He was running really fast, and I almost stumbled a couple of times, but made it to the bottom of the stairs and out of the stairwell. I ran out of the building and away as fast as my legs would carry me, and stopped at the sidewalk to see if the man was still following me. He wasn't. He went the opposite direction as me. Thank God. So I get back to my house and let my brothers in. I went back to the doctor's office after that, but my mom wasn't there anymore, so I just sat waiting for her. The old man was back there, though he was giving me creepy, shifty glances and I was really sketched out. So weird, creepy men who chased me down seven flights of stairs, let's never meet again. Hopefully this belongs here. After losing a significant amount of weight, I regained my life. I started pursuing my dreams of being an editor slash writer, and this one client of mine had a friend. This friend will call him Mason. My client invited me to this little get-together and enjoyed the confidence my new body came with. I agreed. It was just a group of friends, and this is where I met Mason. He was rather charming, good-looking, and honestly probably the only person I ever did a double-take on. The night was young, and we were all just mingling having a good time. The more time had passed, the more Mason would become clingy. It started off just with him sitting by me and just making sure I was having a good time. Then it escalated to him offering me drinks, and not taking no when I told him that I was not an alcohol drinker. This alarmed me and I told my client about it, who then reassured me that, in their culture, refusal was disrespectful. Not trying to get on bad terms with anyone, I decided that I would take a drink and just baby it. Mason noticed and asked me what was wrong with the drink. I told him nothing and went on about mingling. Things become more strained because Mason now decides that my speaking to others in the group was aggravating him. He didn't like me talking to other males and the women there were too immodest, like he put it, would leave me waiting to do the same. I would like to point out I came to this party alone, wasn't even interested in dating and Here's this man who already called Dibs. At this point, he became a nuisance, and I decided that I'd just ignore him. Worst mistake of my life. He became irate, and he screamed and threw a tantrum like a toddler, wanting candy from the shop. He demanded I speak to him or my job, as my client's editor would be over. He threw anything that was an arm's length and attempted to grab me as I quickly moved out of his way. I had enough and was ready to go. I told my client goodbye and decided I'd take an Uber to my sister's house, whose husband was a police officer. I'm glad I did. I found out Mason had followed my taxi rider and 
He came out of his car when I was approaching my sister's front door, as if nothing at the party, and he wanted to talk and apologize for his little outburst. Luckily, my very tall and muscular brother opened the door, just before Mason could try anything funny. My brother-in-law was very threatening, and demeanor was enough to scare him away. I didn't hear much from him after this encounter, and I dropped my client. I later found out that my client was related to Mason, and he pulled this whole thing because I wasn't responding to his advances, and Mason just took it a bit too far because he cares for his cousin. To Mason, let's not meet again, and to my ex-client, you disgust me.